Welcome to the third episode of our little podcast that dares to ask the question, what makes cults so culty? It's the podcast that explores Earth's ethereal enigmas, its marvelous mysteries, and its hilarious hidden histories. Some of this stuff is pretty hard to believe, but we find it becomes a little easier when slightly intoxicated. That's why we always pair the experience with the perfect whiskey. And so without further ado, welcome to Wild World and Whiskey. Today's Ooh. episode is Rancid Religious Rites. I'm your host, Adrian. I'm Jason. Now I'm the lovable Throckmorton Scribblemongo. <laughs> <laughs> That's my name. Prove otherwise. Do you change your last name every time? That's right. No, that's, that's been his alter ego for like, since college. I have a hard time remembering. I, I find people like my alter ego more than they like my regular ego. <laughs> so, it's just, it works for us all. All right, so rancid religious rites. So another way to say it is cults. We're going to be talking about the fun, loving cults that we've all loved and, until they drink a bunch of Kool-Aid in the jungle and... No spoilers. Ghost no spoilers. Dark fast. Everybody lives. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if you shut it's up. Because, it's because the Kool-Aid man burst through a wall and saved the day. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I did not sanction this use of Kool-Aid. Kool-Aid man does not approve. They did not make it according to the directions. <laughs> yeah. All right. So with that fun, loving beginning, yeah. So we're we're, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about what makes a cult, what what are cults, and other things to do with that. But you know, we're at the beginning, right here. Anything you guys want to say before we we jump into the uh, the whiskey? Not <laughs> literally jump into the whiskey, although. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I just the way Adrian's been drinking tonight. Maybe maybe, maybe. <laughs> we. Yeah. I think this is going to be a fun episode because we all are very excited about cults, and <laughs> I don't know what that says about it's not us. Not weird. It's but I feel like they've come up that. in all the episodes so far, and in one episode, I think we talked about cults for like forty-five minutes, <laughs> and, and it was really about Victorians, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, the no. theme was like, ghosts. I oh, think. that was the first first, first <laughs> local episode. ghost stories <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> And I was we went, like, the theme uh, today is blank and also cults. Like, yes. We'll, we'll kind of like warm it into everyone. So, yeah, for those who are deciding to watch episode three instead of going back and watch episode one, um, we're actually going through the alphabet, just not in order. In order. Not alphabetically. I mean, yeah. two of the three of us are librarians, so you think we'd be going alphabetically. So but... the, fir the first episode was, um, what was it? Ghosts. It was the ghost, ghost one. but we called it. Haunted. It was haunted. Haunted places. Right. Yes. It, you're right. It was. It was haunted places. Haunted, not haunted houses. Right. That's a different. Well, thing. we thought it something different. I'd have to look up my notes. Go back we're, and watch episode one, and we're you'll, like you'll the see best podcasters. Yeah. <laughs> so, we take notes, and we're so good at podcasting. I mean, to be fair, we, we recorded that. that like four months ago. Just, so. And then, and then, last episode, I caught it something that's not even a word because I it's, it's supposed to be. What did I call it? Vivacious Victorians, but that wasn't a word. Oh, right. It was a Victorian one. That was a vivacious. It's supposed to be vivacious Victorians. That's I right. just remember about that one. Adrian talked about dictionaries and underwear. It was amazing. Bio. Yes. Big dictionaries. <laughs> she cannot lie. Stop it. All right. 
speaking about being intoxicated, uh, Jason, what is our whiskey pairing today? All right, today we have Hudson whiskey from Hudson. Well, still <laughs> he's not so sure. Well, I thought that was the name of the the distillery, Hudson Whiskey, but it says distilled and matured by Tulloch Town Spirits. Because this is the first time I've ever looked at the back of this bottle. Oh, this is good, good preparation. Um, it's a New York City distillery. Um, I had this in Seneca Falls at a restaurant, and it was excellent. I'd seen it around, but then I wanted to try it, so I bought So I looked for it, and I couldn't find it in the area, and then went down to visit my sister and was able to find some there. And I heard a story, mm. and the players of the story shall remain unnamed. But person A was friends with person B. Person B worked for a salvage company. And some years ago, the distillery burned down. And this person worked for, like, went to the site to clean up the mess and was told, put the bottle, put the barrels that are still, that still are integris, integrity, What's what? What's still the has the trying? integrity to it. That are still whole. That have I guess burned. Yeah. have whiskey in it. Yes, that you could drink. That are not ruined. Anything that's not ruined. Mm-hmm. And person B was like, "Well, can you still sell this?" And the owner was like, "Well, we can actually sell it for more because it's charred and charred <laughs> barrels now. <laughs> it's now it's naturally smoked." And yeah. person B apparently was annoyed by this by the capitalistic notion of it and so as he was cleaning up he squirreled away a 15 gallon barrel and considered it to be salvaged and then uh brought it back and person a and person b and a number of their friends enjoyed some delicious charred (laughs) barrel proof hudson whiskey on the house and the person who was telling me the story was like we had no idea that it was going to be so strong and and just had no idea that we were drinking such good whiskey. And he was like, if I had known back then, he said, I probably wouldn't have just like guzzled it all down. <laughs> it's like a whole, whole bale? Uh, 15 gallons. So, okay. you know, smallish size. So that's a little fun story I have about Hudson whiskey. And they told you, because you actually went to the distillery, right? If If any of you know anything about any of that i just made that story up so <laughs> it was a long time ago i have no idea oh, what we're gonna get sued. issues were or would be or whatever but i just thought it was fun a fun all right story so the, the this oh is, so you actually went to the distillery to no oh this wasn't it's in new york city oh, okay. but i do want to talk about the whiskey it's got kind of a nice amber color it's got what i would consider like a it's kind of a little buttery. And I, I learned something new, too, about smelling whiskey. When you, So I always do one nostril. I tilt the glass to the side. I do one nostril. Apparently, if you open your mouth when you breathe in with your nostril, you can get more of the, the smell. It's like a trick, though. Because it, it somehow, I guess, the alcohol goes through faster or something interesting but it's 46 percent and just very smooth um very buttery very tasty so all right well cheers cheers, cheers. 
Well, that's right. Last time I, I poured it on the mic, but I already, not on the mic, but <laughs> in front of the mic. All right. It, it, it kind of has that, well, I think the last one we were doing the Jack Daniels, what was it, the... Um, Gentleman Jack? Gentleman Jack, and it had that sort of buttery popcorn flavor. Like, a, right, this, this, this is buttery, but not, this is like nutty buttery versus popcorn buttery. And keep in mind, too, that, that Gentleman Jack is a product of Jack Daniels, which is a Tennessee whiskey, which is charcoal filtered, which gives it a different flavor. It can make it kind of smoother. Um and so what is what is this actually? What is the what is the it's bourbon. It's bourbon. Okay. Um bourbon has to be at least fifty one percent corn and then it can have other things. I imagine there's probably some rye in here, but a lot of distilleries like to keep their specific mash bills. It's like secret recipes kind of a thing. And then straight bourbon has to be aged at least four years. So this is a straight bourbon whiskey. Regular bourbon can be aged has to be aged no less than two years for you to call it bourbon. You can call anything whiskey. Um, <clears throat> that although I think does it have to be barreled at all or aged at all to be whiskey? Then is it just moonshine? I'm not sure. But to be called bourbon, two years; straight bourbon, four years. And so, this has been aged for four years. So it doesn't matter what city it's made in or what state. For bourbon, no. I mean, you can't call it Kentucky bourbon if it's not made in Kentucky. Right. But like. You can't make an Irish whiskey in the United States right. because it's got. You be can make bourbon Ireland. anywhere in the world. No, bourbon is specifically American. American. Yeah, okay. bourbon has to be made in America. So. All right. Well, cheers. Any any specific reason you chose this one for today's episode? Just because it's probably the most recent one I bought. So. All right. I I did get a bottle of. The stuff from that small distillery, but that was like seventy five bucks a bottle. So. I was going to bring that today. <laughs> if you want some of that, you got to come over to my house. We're not good enough for the good Aww. stuff. you got to come to my house if you want that. It's special. All right. From the next world. We'll so Hudson one, yeah. Hudson Whiskey, Bright Lights Big Bourbon. That's what it's called. New York Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Oh. And I, I learned recently, too, that New York State has, I think, second most amount of distilleries yeah. in the country after Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Or maybe top five, but but it's up there. New York State has a lot more distilleries than most states. Interesting. So I'm trying to visit them all. So adventure. all right, that's all, right. all there is to that. Who's right. starting us off with the yeah. next? So so um, topic. Wild Wood and whiskey. Yeah, we're talking about rancid religious rites this episode, which is uh, we're diving into the fun-loving topic of cults, something that everybody loves to talk about. Until it gets to be a bummer. <laughs> but, you know, that's it seems like that's sort of the inevitable end. Although, you know, I don't know. Some some turn into religions, you know, if they grow so big. And so, you know, I don't know. But, okay, so what, what, what's a little bit of the, the history? What What is a cult? What, what's the difference between a cult and a small church or somebody that just disagrees with you or a small religion. What, what, what makes it a cult guys? So I read a book pretty recently, this cultish, the language of fanaticism by this Amanda Montel. It came out within the last two or three years and it's, it's actually being made into a docu-series, which I'll probably watch because the book was great. And she talks about, she's particularly a linguist And so she 
actually engaged this particular topic, like what even is a cult in the book, and then talked about how cults and things that we call cults, how they use language, right, to control people. And I guess I had never really thought about how much I throw around the word cult myself Mm. uh, in calling things cults and people I know do and the kinds of things we call cults. And, uh, but then like, what is that? What does that actually mean? And because, because, you know, we get, you know, if somebody is fan of like a less popular movie series, you know, sure. it could be, a, you could be a cult fan of cult that. following. Yeah. 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 And, you know, or like my, my friend Olivia is a knitter and I always joke she's in the knitting cult, you know, like, but then there's things examples actually that this Montel explored in in the book are like soul cycle um you know which is a spin class uh franchise right and but has all this kind of cult stuff around it it's not harmful necessarily except for some people put a lot of money and time into it to the detriment of maybe their personal finances or you know, their lives in various ways, but, you know, and that's what, where you start getting into cults, right? Of what we think of as a real cult is something that is not honest about what it is, what its motives are, what its beliefs are, and what it's actually going to expect of of you. That's interesting, because that's almost like a human nature thing. Like, if there's something that's popular, you know, we talk about the cult of personality. Somebody might be like, you know, Apple might be a cult of personality. You know, it's a business that could become a cult, but it's not really because it doesn't have a religious right. side. But then sometimes it can. And it's almost like that's a human nature thing. If we get so fanatic about something, there's almost something in our human nature that takes it down weird pathways. But Apple, I think, is a great example because if you think about it, so Apple isn't selling its products telling you, by the way, once you get one, it's really going to, like, it's a rabbit hole you're going to keep going down because you need special cords to use our stuff. And then, like, well, if you have the watch, you really got to have the phone. And if you get the house thing, you got to have the phone. You know what I mean? Like, it all... So... They, they aren't really forward with that. They're just like, buy our fun little gizmo. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's but they're the, slowly... The marketing slowly, it, it. It's marketing, but where does marketing end yeah. but, but and you, cult begin? And you well, tell the story of, like, you know, like you might have a, a fitness group, and that fitness group, you know, might be getting tighter and tighter and bigger, and, and then, you know, years later, you found out they went into some weird sex... <laughs> Well, no, there's what kind of fitness you? <laughs> have you been a part of, Kevin? <laughs> okay, this is it's not like LA fitness. I mean, it's Kevin from fitness group to group sex. Kevin doesn't have a gym dun, dun, dun. membership. Uh, I think that's evident here. Kevin's like, I just is what I imagine people do at the gym. I can't imagine any other good reason to go to the gym than for a sex cult. <laughs> Well, there, no, no, thank you. I'm not. There is that. Um, <laughs> that's that's why he never goes and people invite him to go to the gym. Hey, Kevin, come. Do, he's no, no. I really. No, no. I'm, that's, my, my I'm not into that. Me. I'm married. Yeah. What, are you, what are you talking about, Kevin? <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. I know what it's like over there. I know. I know what you guys do in those gyms. But there's. I'm not having it. There's the um, call out of Albany. The one next Nexium. Is it Nexium? 
You know what I'm talking about? There was a special, mm. and that guy has gotten. That, was that the one that the jail. actress? Was that the one that the actress was yes. a part of from Smallville? Yes. Oh, the, uh, the, yep. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, I did hear about that. Yeah. That was that was in New York. That was yeah. That was out of Albany. Oh, I was and, thinking that was like um, Hollywood somewhere. No, no, no. Right here. Uh, you know, New York has our state is like a hotbed of. See, and, and that <laughs> was a weird activity. sex cult. Well, <laughs> maybe no, they went to the gym together. So, but you know. they, you know, I mean, it was the, you know, the the, what do I want to say? The forward facing part was like, oh, this is going to be empowerment classes, you okay. know. <laughs> like, but then we're there like, was oh, this, we're just making dishes. <laughs> this thing behind it, uh, you know, that was really. So this is I. My theory is that I think what distinguishes a cult from not a cult is a cult leader. And you find that in many cases, when the cult leader passes away, either the cult yeah. disintegrates or it restructures itself and then becomes a lot less of a cult. <laughs> and you, you say that. And I, and or I if would... the leader goes to jail. I mean, that's well, yeah. the highest. But there's always a successful, you know, right. who's a... Goes to but Canada you... to get away from jail. <laughs> but you say that, I, I think... Joins a gym. <laughs> Trader. <laughs> Today's episode has been brought to you by Planet Fitness. Planet, oh, no, I might have to edit that out. <laughs> We're gonna get letters. Well, I... um, but but no, I was, I was saying, but it seems like even what I'm gonna be talking about later on in the episode about QAnon, you know, well, it it almost has a leader that's not actually the leader, you know. So I think there's a bit of a cult mentality that is grow that has the ability to grow up without a central. Leader, like a de decentralized, but I think when it becomes following. that kind of damaging, harmful sort of a thing, when it gets to that extreme level, like I think that without that charismatic leader, and what you were saying about Apple, like Steve Jobs, yeah, was a cult leader essentially, yeah, and, a, and a, it, a mild version of one. Really, he was a cult leader because Apple's yes, Apple's not the same. Yeah, you know, he was the one who he was the one who made you believe in Apple. You know, and so it's still a good product, but it it it's doesn't have the same magic around it. Right. You know, and I I really like um, this is a bit further back, but when we're talking about what cults are, I appreciated Wikipedia had a really nice way of saying it that um, that they say the sense of the term is controversial and weakly defined, having divergent definitions both in popular culture and academia has been an ongoing source of contention among scholars across several fields of study. And so to your point, that a part of, I think, why there's this tension around this is because we have this word that we're using and it just gets applied willy-nilly to different things. You know, and so I don't know if... I mean, you could say it as, you know, Jason and I grew up in the evangelical community and so it was almost used as a weapon, you know, if, if somebody didn't really believe in your strand, you, you know, you could throw the cult... Well, I mean, by Genesis, Jesus, he knows me, and it's about a televangelist. And back in the 80s, like, these people were cult leaders. I mean, you, I mean, there's still these scandals, but I mean, like Jim Baker and, you know, Oral Roberts. I mean, these are people who, who held take, large swaths take a of people. of your religion and just make it sort of a... Well, and they, and they, but they still consider themselves part of the mainstream right. Christian they, they, they might, you know, on paper, world. they might have the standard right. beliefs, the, the core beliefs. And I think that's what a cult is. And, and just, just what but Jason's... The, but the people are following, like, 
people yeah. caught a personality were following Jim Baker and like not God. Yeah. And even <laughs> though Jim moment. Baker might have the same core beliefs as the Baptist church, or at least Monroe, or at least or, you know, pay lip service to them, yeah. you know, there is something that takes them off of center focus, you know, where it becomes more about the leader. But I think that's what cult is. It's, it's, it's you know, the core definition is saying it's taking something that's considered mainstream and veering from it enough to say that it has a core of, of what it was, but at content, it's not the same heart as the mainstream religion. Because it could be cults of any world religions. You know, Hinduism has its very oh, yeah. cults or, or Buddhism. Or I mean, some people would say, Muslims. but see, that's, I guess I would say that... Well, Christianity a was considered a cult of Judaism. There's a distinction between sects and cults. Yeah. And I don't think that's a distinction that everybody makes clearly and i think that's where you can get into trouble like with what we grew up with where just anything that deviated from mainstream evangelical thought you know or even or even um traditional christian thought mm -hmm. was considered a cult i mean and this is something that christianity has been doing for centuries where if you don't aren't in step with the main theological precepts, then you're branded as a cult and then persecuted. And, you know, there's the, the Bible that we have today is basically the result of this consensus of this mainstream theology saying these are the books that are important when there's, you know, a bunch of other gospels that, you know, nobody ever heard about until hundreds of years later. Oh, you have the Apocrypha, you know, the Catholic Church would be having a different addition to it well and that that's that's a whole other weird thing even because <laughs> i have no idea why the protest why protestants don't don't dig the apocrypha but like there's like a, a gospel of thomas and um I, I think there's like a gospel like mary magdalene too there's i mean this is stuff that's like old like these things were written you know in the second third centuries and so i mean you know i'm not gonna say this or that or the other thing you know i mean um sure like the books that we use in the Bible today are the ones that God wants us to read, but also like, why, why do we not even know about this other stuff? Cause I think it's one thing to be like, Hey, we think we're right. But then to like beat the crap out of the people that you think are wrong. Yeah. It's <laughs> a whole and, other, and I think whole other thing, you know, that's sort of the question is, you know, I think of it's caught is kind of a, a loose term that we could just put on things. When does a cult become mainstream? We were talking about Mormonism, you know, which began up here. Well, we're recording this in Rochester, New York. And, um, you know, it began, what, just pretty much down the road from here. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, in, 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 every, in every description of a cult, it began that way. And, you know, it has some... Well, and, and you, know, you know, apologies to my Mormon friends, but Joseph Smith had a cult leader personality. Regardless of what you say about what he said or believed, there's a lot of controversy around him and this whole idea of of sealing people in marriage and and hasn't and the church backed off on a lot of oh, oh well yes that's the thing is that you know um, he he advocated for polygamy and and he was sealed in marriage to like women as young as like fourteen fifteen years old now Mormons claim or the ones who were will say well those were unconsummated but this it's 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 a little sketchy if you really get into the details of it you know and and this is the thing is that part of the reason why 
the Mormon Church has been so successful, or and I, I should say it's it's the Church of Jesus Christ Latter Day Saints. They don't refer to themselves as Mormons anymore. Um, and which I, I, which I have, is part of that backing off of. I have a lot of it's, it's well, this part of the association of it. Yeah. But I have a lot. I have a lot of close friends who are um, LDS members, and you know, I, there are things that I disagree with in terms of what they believe. But but I have a lot of respect for the structure that the church has developed. And and say what you want about you know the LDS church, but they are a practical church, <laughs> and. People from the church would dis- would say, "Well, no, that's not it." But it's very interesting to me how, when their livelihood is threatened, now the prophet says something. For example, well, okay, black people can be a part of the priesthood now, <laughs> you know, um, and they'll the, their story is, you know, God told this prophet this thing, and that was the way it was. But then God told this other prophet this other thing, and a part of what also what makes it work is that. LDS people believe in ongoing revelation, like Christian church. It's like, you've got the Bible. That's it. God's not saying anything to anybody anymore. <laughs> Except for what's in the Bible. Well, but you would um, have branches of evangelicalism that, that, you know, do, you know, and we're going to well, talk about that. That is well, like the Pentecostal the, charismatic movements right. that, that, that gets into that ongoing revelation territory because, right. and, God it, will, and it's saying, you know, where is that line drawn? Right, you know, and I think that's part of the debate that is saying, you know, what 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 point does it become a cult, you know, and that's I think that's denominations will fight, you know, what what makes a denomination and what is, you know, there'll be some things we just all get together and argue, well, that's a cult, and there's something where we're talking about the Seventh Day Adventists, you know, and that's sort of you know, based from a lot of conservative Christian viewpoints kind of on the edge. Some people would say, oh, that is a cult. Some people would say, no, it's on this side of it. You know, there's no deciding factor. But I think in the case of Joseph Smith, like a part of that, and again, this is why I say with the, a part of this deciding factor, I think, is when the people, because there was a point where people, Joseph Smith started to actually some of his ideas became less popular. And um, it's, it's interesting to me because I'm very curious, and this is pure speculation, but if he had not died in the, the prison or the jail the night that that happened, is it possible that he would have been put out of the Mormon church? Because you had, I think you had a group of people who were like, hey, this guy's got some really good ideas, <laughs> but he's getting a little off the chain here. And so we're going to take this stuff, this good stuff that you came up with. And this is the thing, I think, which gets it into this, you know, what's the difference between not just a cult and not a cult, but between, you know, someone like David Goresh, Goresh and Gandhi, you know, like how do you become a person who influences people versus, and I, and I think that there is, it's when you, when you are a spiritual person and a mystical person and you, you feel a connection with the spiritual world, um, it can be very easy because this is the thing, like when you read about Koresh, he was a very earnest student and then he started to believe that God was speaking specifically to him and had chosen him to be the Messiah. And then once you go down that path, there's no turning back. And so being able to ride that line between saying, I, I feel I'm seeing the pieces come together 
and making sense. And I'm saying what I'm seeing and people are listening and then stopping just short of saying, I guess that means I'm the Messiah (laughs) is usually how you can avoid becoming a cult and becoming a cult leader (laughs) because that's what happens is they, they like, they all let it go to their head and then everybody suffers. Let me ask you, Adrian, what, what do you think makes a cult leader? What do you think of the ingredients? I really, you know, in this book that I read and, and thinking about it, you know, to me, it's, it's about intent and what, you know, what the intent is versus what it, what it says it is, you know, so people are coming at you with kind of a pitch of why you should join this thing. Mm -hmm but they aren't telling you really what it is because they just want you in. And once you're in, they trap you. So you would bait and switch. Yeah. Well, so when you say they though, look, who are the they? Well, it depends, you know, so sometimes that's a And, And do they know that that's what they're doing? I, I think that that can depend too. I think you see all kinds of structures with that. Again, with Nexium, I think you see, you know, there was, there's the guy, I forgot his name, who's at the top and he had some lieutenants who seemed pretty invested in, um, you know, basically serving his goals, you know, and then beyond that, I think it it was a structure, you know, and a lot of cults do operate in structures like that. So see the way that, um, have you guys been watching, uh, watching Andor? Have you been? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I have been. So, I mean, it's very much how that is depicting the way the Empire kind of took over the galaxy is through this, like, okay, well, Palpatine, who we see, we hear referred to, but never see, is clearly, like, he's the cult leader here. Um, But he's got these lieutenants, you know, who are kind of really on board. You know, they're, they're totally, like, they're in. But then there's kind of this next level of weird bureaucrats who are very committed to the goals, but are not, they're, they're willing to further the agenda, whether they understand it or not. They're it's, it's in. almost like that's the job. It's, it's like a propaganda committee. Yeah. But it's not because they're diehard believers. Yeah. It's their uh, assignment. Yeah. That's, that's, what, that's they what they do. They, 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 they've gotten into position they're good at it, uh, so they're just going to keep doing it. And I, and I think you see that in in successful cults, you know. Um, it's like a lot of you, group, there's a lot of remember? grooming going on. Like I know in Next Nexium, yeah, wasn't that the whole thing where you know he had those lieutenants and they were really into grooming <laughs> starlets or, or people that would you know make them look good and bringing that in the this book was talking about too, like uh, multi-level marketing schemes, you know, and how those work. And they work on that same thing. Yeah, there's there's always this person at the top who maybe you have access to or maybe you don't as, as a typical, as a member. You know, so some are small. Well, often you don't because that's a part of, you know, like I've read so many stories about these young women who like this leader is this far up person and all of a sudden he's like, you, you know, yeah, I choose you to come have sex with me, <laughs> which is what right. it usually is. But, 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 but,
but they agree to it because it's that that right. maintaining that distance, maintaining that that sacredness, and then now, oh my gosh, I have this opportunity to ha- to be close to this person that I admire and adore, and so this must be right because this person says it's right and. I mean, but, but you is, could see these that these are snake oil salesmen. Well, okay, you but... know what I mean. Like these are people who are figuring out how to manipulate other people. They're con con people. Yes, you know, yes, and men, yes, and no. Women. Do you remember the movie The Master with Philip Seymour Hoffman? Oh, so good. Yeah, I haven't like, seen that in a long time. The the, but... the key and what was so brilliant about his performance is like, like he he rode that line between really believing yeah. what he was about. And between knowing exactly what he was doing, and yeah. it was it was like, where is he? Sometimes yeah. you he was like a true believer, and other times he was a master manipulator. Yeah. And that's I think what so many cult leaders like. It's that you don't you don't get there by not really believing what you're selling, right. you know. And then you get to that point, and you're like, wow, this power is going to my head. Right, right. And then you you start to sense that your motivation is becoming selfish. It, it, it didn't selfishness didn't propel you to there, but once you got there and you saw how good it felt, now you're tempted to keep doing it, and then you, you wanna, justify you don't it. Lose what you have, and then you justify it by saying, "Well, this is what God said," or whatever. But and we, then, well, I we think... have to at least admit this is a, the human condition because, yeah, we see it in religion, but we see, you know, even looking at like Harvey Weinstein, you right? know, uh, well, uh, well, you know, he would have that, you know, belief of, you know, and the, these actresses wanted to be you know, in movies so bad that they would buy into this right this system, you know? Well, and I guess, I guess where I would say that I do agree with you because we see this in fascist leaders as well, is that the person at the top believes in what's happening and believes that they are appointed. I mean, Putin, Putin mm-hmm. has this messianic view of himself, you know, and, and where at least in governmental organizations is that next level, they're the ones who know exactly what's going on. Right. And and who know what need to happen because their power is connected to this guy's power and they see the effect that this guy has and all these people. And so they're the ones who and I don't think that's in, in the case like in the case of Waco, mm-hmm. it was a, a small enough operation that I think it was him and then his followers. And that's why it just kind of crumbled, you know, but when you have something that's a lot more well structured, yeah. you know, you do have those people in that second tier who I think are very kind. I mean, like Hitler, like that guy was a freaking he was an idiot. Hitler was an idiot and he was a, he was a charismatic speaker and and he was he loved children and he looked good on camera and he got people inspired but if he had been left right to do it himself he wouldn't have been able to do it you got like Goring and all those guys and Himmler and those guys they're the ones yeah. uh, who made it happen and we always know? we always talk about Hitler being you know the most evil human and and he might have been but he's no more evil than a lot of other people he just had the system that would able to get his will well, passed on, you know, and, I, and his will was reflected in so many others that this evil could happen. And so you can see that that's a, I think that you could, I think you could argue that there are people in that operation that are more evil than Hitler was, which is a weird thing to say because his name is the equation with, but his evil was in letting other people, but I think the same comebacks to cults, right? Yeah. Because well, I mean, 
you know, it, it's interesting too because cults, a lot of cults come and go, come and go, come mm-hmm. and go. Right. You know, but some stick around a long time and it is administration. It's exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> we are talking about administration. Mm-hmm. So here, and some people are good administrators and some are not. You know, I Well, got, the cult leaders usually aren't. Right. Yeah. The ones who are the good administrators. Well, it's just the ones that benefit can. the most from the, you know. Well, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Well, you know, they might they might be good, but they're good in that they recognize what their weaknesses mm-hmm. are, and they go out and they find and they the find people. people they can do well. So that that kind of I, sums it up. the The true evil of this world is the middleman. <laughs> the, well, I the, think the, the efficient middleman that gets everything <laughs> done truly, and effectively. Truly, though, well, truly. I I think that in some cases that happens, and I think in some cases there are people who who seek out who will see a person like that and say, "Oh." You know what? I know how to use this, you yes. know, to gain power. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, let's 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 talk about a a um, majority leader who shall not be named, and a recent president who shall not be named, and <laughs> and how the majority leader absolutely used this person to accomplish sure. his own ends. Yeah, well, sure. but, but, and unabashedly, and then and then that. the moment it got icky, he stepped back, and no one thought twice about it. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah, and that, that that that's the part of my uh, my segment. But yeah, even see this played out in TikTok. I think there's this this one that I enjoy. It's like the um, the evil mastermind's assistant, and it's like one of those classic, you know, the devil wears Prada type assistant that could do everything, but he's just arranging the evil mastermind's calendar and <laughs> you know arranging for you know the death laser to be coming out, mm-hmm. and then he's gossiping, you know, with the other middle management, and it's just like you know, it's got to be an air of truth there because to be an evil mastermind to get stuff done. Yeah. You need to really right, right. have some yeah. people that know what just, to do I was, in middle management. I was saying this to to Amy the other day, but just like human beings are basically like, we're just like animals running around with these like really powerful computers attached to the top of our bodies. <laughs> and so like, you know how, how there's... That's some more powerful. You know there's a, how there's the running joke yeah. about how like they put a, a computer brain in a dog's head and like, and it, and it knows how to talk. And you want to be all wise, and it's all like you know. I just pooped in the plants, you know. Like I feel like that's 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 humans. That's humans in our brains, you know. We're driven by this need to survive, you know. And we've got these really powerful computers on top of our heads that we have no idea what to do with. Yeah, <laughs> I just pooped in the plant. <laughs> you know, Stop saying that. <laughs> well, I'm at the gym. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. <laughs> Come here, buddy. Let me show you. <laughs> Wait, we're still talking about a dog with a computer on its head now. This, this is a part of your big... Uh, it's a witty wheelchair. Your big gym sex ring. You know, something we haven't Includes talked about... Includes cybernetically enhanced dogs. <laughs> something we haven't talked about is how people will use the word cult to dismiss something. And yes. Another book I'm reading right now... Well, I, I read and now I'm rewriting because I'm obsessed with this um, Locked Tomb series by Tamsin Muir. But her newest book, Nona the Ninth, um, is kind of going back and giving some backstory for this universe. And there's this guy and, you know, the kind of basic concept uh, this kind of a slightly futuristic and the earth is dying, you know, and this guy is sounding the alarm, like the earth is dying. We got to do something. I have a plan. I have a plan. I have a plan. How is this futuristic? And people, (laughs) yeah, seriously, it's a, it's a push forward just a little. And, you know, 
people keep not wanting to listen to him. And so, you know, it comes at the point, you know, where they start labeling him a cult. It's a, it's a huge kind of moment in this book because, you know, A, they're trying to dismiss him. They're trying to get people to not listen to this person who's telling the truth. But also it changes him mm -hmm. because he's like, oh, if you're going to, if this is what you're going to say, you want to see a cult, I'll make a cult. <laughs> <laughs> She just challenged him. <laughs> and it, you know, but I think that there's an element of that too out there where, um, you know, sometimes people want to brand a thing a cult, you know, that's a perfectly legitimate thing that maybe isn't your thing, right. you well, know. I, I, I've, I was... I've, been, I've been seeing that a lot. You know, I, I follow a lot of um, um, deconstructionists, you know, that are coming out of the evangelical church and, and you know, at different levels. And a lot of them will come back and they will refer to their childhood as, as being yeah. in a cult. You know, yes. even though they're talking about mainstream Christianity, at least branches right. of it, you know. Well, or, I mean, saying or, that, hey, this was a cultish-like environment for me, you know. Well, or even people who still identify as Christians. Right, saying that that branch or who that came, style. came from a very conservative, like, I know people who came from the same background that I came from and think of what I came from as cultish. Um, and to your point, and I was saying this, also saying this to Amy earlier, that I think that because these lines are not clear, yeah, you know, that's what, that's where that, that cult is like that, that protective wall to say, well, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm not this, I'm a little bit this, and I'm a little bit this, and I'm a lot this. And like, so where is that? Where's the difference now between me and the cult? And then you're like, okay, well, bam, cult. And there's that, you know, there's that line. And now you're safe because yeah. you've thrown that wall down. You're like, that's a cult. And so I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was telling uh, the guys, you know, one of my favorite stories from church history is, um, you know, back in the Council of Nicaea, where, you know, the whole thing was assembled to deal with, you know, what was essentially thought of as a cult. What did we call them? The the Ani, Ani? Uh, the, the Aryans. Oh, yeah. Well, it's not the same as the Aryans. The Aryans, right. right. Um, and the Aryans were kind of a cult, but they were actually invited. So they were there debating. And, you know, they were kind of, you know, I guess the best way to describe it is, you know, if there's a line of the godhood, there was the debate whether Jesus was on the God side of that line or just under it. And so they were saying that Jesus was just under it. And so they called this council together. And, um, and St. Nicholas was there. Oh. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, he was part of this. He was part of the register. And according to the church history, you know, he got into an argument with one of these guys. And it got so passionate that, according to history, he punched him in the face. And I was thinking, you know, that's a Christmas wow. special we need to have. <laughs> I know, and then he was like, Santa you know what? punches the cultist. He's like, you know what? I don't need this. I'm going to just go up north and hang out with a bunch of little people That's right. and make toys and all of, year long. And speaking about cult leaders. Right? Yeah. Who's better than Santa at that? He even has his own. Uh, he sees you when you're sleeping. <laughs> he knows when you're awake. I know. <laughs> well, you oh, get on the naughty or the nice list. <laughs> That's mm. right. He has his, you know, very well, legalism there you go. way. Well, and and you know that the big joke is always that, like the elves are slave labor. I mean, that's that's it's basically a so compound. They've, they've, they've bought into they bought into the message, and he's okay. like, Santa, and Santa's like, he's like, 
Stempy, you love the children, don't you? Yes, I do, but I'm so tired. Stempy, <laughs> if you love the children, you would keep working. Because otherwise, you're an apostate. No, I love the children, Santa. I love the children. I do, I do. <laughs> then get back to work. Remember we'll feed you to the Wayne deal. Remember when Herbie wanted to be a dentist? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> remember how everybody treated him? I know, right? Just, you, you get the people to do the, the dirty work for you. You know what? We I had such high hopes for this. Santa's and now we've just basically <laughs> talked about how Santa punches people in the face that he disagrees with. And he started his own that's right. That's right. label called. He punched people in the face and he formed his own religious sect. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry, but Merry Christmas to you all. What was that? What was they, that? And they the, got the up there. The Mystery Science Theater one. We were watching this one where it was about like a, a jaguar cart. And one well, of the things was, if the jaguar cart turns out to be the one true religion, I will eat my shorts. <laughs> All right, so you are listening to Wildwood and Whiskey on our episode Rancid Religious Rights, talking about Cotswood drinking some Hudson Whiskey, New York. The logo, the slogan is Bright Lights, Big Bourbon. If you could drink here, you could drink anywhere. Is that, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> made in New York City? <laughs> All right, okay, so well, let's talk a little bit about Cots. Adrian, what do you have for us today? So I have two cults I'm going to talk about. It's really hard to narrow down um, to just two. but You know, you know my <laughs> motto, more cults, more fun. Yeah, that's right. I felt, so in our first episode, we wound up talking about the Oneida cult quite extensively, and I was going off my memory. So I just feel like I want to correct the record and make sure that I do some actual facts about the United Cult, who does we, remain. They remain my favorite cult. We, we like to throw in facts once in a while. Yeah, you know. Keeps things interesting. So the United Community was started by um, a guy named John Humphrey Noyes in 1848 in Oneida, New York. Um, they believed in communal property. Uh, group marriage. Everybody in the in this community was considered married to each other, and this mutual criticism. Just like the gym. Just, it is <laughs> and we believe really, in rock hard abs. Well, you know, sometimes these, you know, kind of side beliefs, you know, they seep into the main culture <laughs> in the gym. <laughs> so. Um, they, you know, they lifting weights, making silverware. <laughs> they engaged in this mutual criticism, which I'm very sure I talked about during the last episode, but I'm just going to review because it's amazing. Every night they like get together, somebody would stand in front of the room, and everybody would tell them what they didn't like about them. <laughs> that was just what they did. Uh, I feel if I we would, could do that. I would just crumble under that. I know. I don't know how they got through it. I actually, so you can visit the Oneida Community Mansion house, which I have done. Um, and really, I wanted, my husband's never been there, and I'm really excited to take him there. Oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> we should take your little portable microphones and, and do, do like a, a podcast you thing. Do a, a live show? Th- right there so at the fun. thing. You can stay there. They have like, they have a little. Like overnight? Yeah. You, sleeping? Yeah. Yeah. They've got a little hotel there. You can stay overnight. And um, are there sex parties? But no, no, really not. <laughs> Is there but a stale master? You can you can stand in the room where they did this mutual criticism thing. They still oh. have it like all set up. We can we could do that for the podcast. Yes, we could. <laughs> okay, an idea for a podcast: we record in haunted houses where we spend the night, 
and in court and well, I didn't say anything about haunted houses. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, Psycho's house. We went to we went to uh, what's his name's house, Boyhood House. Oh, uh, H H Holmes. H H Holmes. Where was that? I don't know. New England somewhere. Yeah, New England. You know him, right? The Mm-mm. serial killer. He built the big the big uh, devil in the windy city. He, oh, like, he, yeah, yeah. But he had this house that had all these secret compartments, and he like murdered people left and right. But that's not the house we visited. We no, 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 no. But it's like this totally normally looking house, and you read, you know, you read stories about these people, and they seem not real, and you're like that monster was a child in this house yeah, i can't even wrap my mind around that but yeah that being said you but i'm saying we'd be in this room yeah, so but i feel like it relates because cult leaders serial killers you know i don't <laughs> they're very different i mean they're both bad well the motivation is different yeah <laughs> so the other great thing about the oneida community is they did have good administration um mm-hmm. and so as we've learned Every good cult does. Key. It's really key to being a successful <laughs> cult. And Who was so, the wood? Middleman. Yes. <laughs> they manufactured leather, travel bags, palm frond hats, rustic garden furniture, game traps, and silverware. I so, personally only use Oneida silverware. I thought you were going to be like. Home. No. No. Good night, kids. <laughs> Probably are gonna have to cut that part out. <laughs> so, um, leave it out. The silverware uh, company remains today. That's still yeah. still a thing. So, uh, they the thing that brought down this um, this cult was this um, John really had a thing for underage girls. So that is something that cult leaders do seem to have in common. So then Seems he had. So- why? Why? And then he ran no away. Yeah. Then he ran away to Canada, as all good cult leaders will. <laughs> <laughs> and everything fell apart after that. But so that I just wanted to make sure that we said some actual facts about that because I feel like I said a lot of things that were maybe close to the facts, but not the facts. And I, I think you're pretty close to got it right. The first yeah, time around. I am a little obsessed with this cult. And I, and I did actually run into somebody. I was telling uh, the gang that I ran into somebody whose mother grew up in Oneida. And I yeah. Said, they were talking about, you know, the issues she had. I don't know if she was part of this, but there was there was a strong connection to whatever has become of it. Because what, what years did that happen? When did... 1848, it was... Okay, so middle of last century. Yeah, and two I centuries. can't... No, no, two centuries. <laughs> yeah, two. Wow. two yeah. centuries ago. Lord, yeah. We're getting sold. <laughs> yeah. We're getting um, close to the middle of this century, too. It's not that far away. <laughs> I, I didn't write down the year it um, dissolved, uh, but it, you know, it, it had some good years. So, the other... Thanks call, to middle management. That's right. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, right, is that the the pension for cult that cult leaders have for underage women is usually the thing that is their undoing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, that we that can't. Joseph Smith began to unravel when he started to get in his head that like, Oh wow. Being a leader of all these people who do whatever, tell me that I get to have sex with anybody I want to. Nope. I just yeah. make a good reason for it. So the other cult. If only I lived in the 21st century. I could just go to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've been to the gym. Please continue. <laughs> Can I talk now? <laughs> um, so the cult, the new cult I wanted to talk about is this Lano Del Rio, which is a cult. I've oh, the California also, one. Yeah, I've read a lot about. So um, my friend took me to the site of the ruins of this, like in the middle of the Mojave Desert, not the middle, but in the out just on the side of the road. You can just get out of your car and like walk around the ruins of this place. And... Are there placards and stuff? Or... No, nothing. Oh, so it's an maybe, abandoned building. So how maybe do you there know... is now. Well, so I didn't know what it was. But it's he like just... an abandoned building, basically. Well, so the walls are, you know, they've fallen. So it's there's a chimney and there's aqueducts. And, you know, so you can well, see what have been there. Um, and you can... But like, no, it's no one's... Tending to it, you're no, saying. No, yes. Just a building on the side like, of the road in the desert. Yeah. And That's so cool. my friend was like, Yeah, I don't know. It was like a commune or something. And uh weirdly didn't know a lot about it. Um, even though he knew where to find it. <laughs> so I <laughs> I tent there. I looked into it and um so it was started it ran from nineteen fourteen to nineteen eighteen, and it was started by this lawyer. Um, his name was uh, Job Harriman, and he had tried to become mayor of L.A., but his campaign failed. So he was like, I know. I'll start call it the desert. I mean, there's a lot of red flags here. It's all I have to say. Um, and also, you got to give the guy some props, right? You know, don't keep beating your head against the same wall. You can't keep a good cult leader down. It's true. So um, he, uh, this was not a religious cult. They were um, socialists. They want to be socialists, uh, which most of America was not into and still really is not into. No, no. Uh, so they decided to to make this commune in the middle of the desert. Uh, an interesting thing is they immediately created a board to run this cult. So he because. understood it's <laughs> a middle administration. <laughs> Somewhere there's a middle management guy that works for a gym and he's just taking notes. That yeah. I am the most powerful person <laughs> in the world. It um they they did in their kind of charter documents they were very explicit about only including white people mm. in their um in the commune which you don't I mean I think a lot are you know through history have been racially segregated certainly but you don't necessarily see it called out <laughs> like you know this is who we are um and. Other interesting thing is the whole place was planned by an architect and city planner, Alice Constance Austin. Again, this is in, you know, 1914. So that a woman architect, this is rare at the time, also a socialist, um, which is why she worked on this. Uh, and she worked on a lot of other things. But I found that really interesting. Uh, another kind of interesting wrinkle in this whole thing. I mean, basically, so where this is in the desert, like when you're standing in this place, you can't see anything else. Like, it's just the desert. Oh, so you'll you'll explore an abandoned ruins in the desert, but you won't let me explore an abandoned bus in the desert. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Well, and I was Hypocrite. with... I, I, I want to feel this. I was a with Chuck, who is the most risk-averse person I know. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
I knew he was not going to let me get shot. Just, just for the record, Adrian and Jason have spent a weird amount of time in deserts. I mean, over the years, I have spent... Death Valley. You have this whole adventure in, and I've Vegas. spent a lot of time in the. It desert. was the same. There was. Oh, yeah. We just had. We had a lot of. We had one desert adventure, but there were a lot of mini adventures that we had. In the, the desert, desert is adventure. always an adventure. Yeah, it's really. I mean, it's yeah. It's so, chock full of adventure. Yeah, I rode in once on a horse. And uh, there's a lot of... I don't think he had a name. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I just had to get out of the rain. That's all I remember. <laughs> I should not be laughing at that. <laughs> you just encourage you. can't encourage either one of you. So, um, the writer, Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, he happened to buy a house on this near this site um, many years later yeah but he had a house there i think the house has got to be gone because i'm telling you when you stand there there's nothing nothing there's nothing um but so he wrote about he he got interested because he could see the ruins Mm -hmm. he was like what what was with this cult so he has this great (coughs) essay called um oxymandias I think oh, Ozzy Medeas. Um, the utopia that failed about oh. about this cult, about this this Whoa. commune, and how dumb it was that they built this commune. I thought where it was about ancient Egypt, where there's no. <laughs> well, that's the, uh, well it's, poem. It's, it's the reference he's making. Oh, yeah. Oh, so not oh, that about poem. a powerful man. Well, that that's what the poem show is. Poems about. What Ramses the Second, who built this great thing, but the only thing remained was oh, right, okay. oh, exactly. He's, equ- he's right. equating that with the other. Well, Ramses. So yeah. he, um, you know, he and he definitely is like they shouldn't have built this where there's no water. Which I was, was going to ask at some point how does which, water which, which is well, a fail of the administration, so, you know? Yeah, when exactly. they I know, right? <laughs> this, this, where this, this, this lady architect, or maybe she just wasn't. I don't know. Well, but did, she probably didn't. There was the water there. There was a creek and they had an aqueduct system, but I think it was insufficient. And not only that, like they didn't have anybody near enough to trade with, you know, to real, you know, you can, you can go to Walmart and stock up, right. you know, like. Right. To run a good cart, you have to yeah. be well stocked. It, you need some food for sure, and again, the desert. I mean, just rocks. There's just some rocks. It's really not. So what are we doing? The, the two rules of a cart can't eat rocks. The two rules are three rules: get good administrative. Yeah. Build it near a functional well. Yes. And don't skip leg day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the other interesting thing about this essay is Huxley compares this cult to a more successful cult that he really admired. <laughs> the Oneida community. <laughs> How long were they around Oneida? Oh goodness. I can't remember. Um, it wasn't that long. Um, but I, I think like people really had their eyes on that because it was, um, it was just kind of shocking, and because they were, they had a very successful business. And I think, well, so we. So I, I think it's, it's it, like a cult success story. In it's, some ways, it's the model of other other cultish leaders are like, oh man, even when we're dead and gone, I'll plot. So why did this one on. in the desert fail? 
because they they just didn't have enough water and resources. Yeah, so people, you know, they started with like seven families and they got up to like 150 people. Oh. But it just, they didn't have enough. No wonder, because there would have been enough for a small group in the beginning and then not for So, so I did read their first ad that they put in the paper. They put an ad in the paper to get people to join the cult. (laughs) And um, they refer to themselves as a cult. Which seems a good way. So, why? They said utopian community, I think. But they were like, no skills needed. That's what they said. I was like, well, okay. not a promising start. But hang on a second. Why are they a cult? Like, like a bunch of socialists who moved the desert doesn't make a cult. I mean, it's well, with that. Know, that's what we're getting into the argument at the beginning. You know, what defines a cult? Does it have to be religious? Because we talked about cult of personality, political cults. You know, so because I they were like, definitely. So I think it depends on your perspective. Because based on what you told me, I would just call that a community, not a cult. I, Do they have weird beliefs about stuff? I mean, I think for the time, yes. They live. I think honestly, desert. now even you know it was the they're, you know, it's heavily socialist, more socialist than the mainstream society, and I think people gave up a lot to go mm-hmm. and be there. Um, I think you could go either way on that. Truly. Um, I mean, but was the Oneida cult, you know, was that a cult? Well, but the, I mean, uh, the guy was, he was the charismatic leader guy. Like, this had a charismatic leader guy, Job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what we're kind of drilling and that, down. And there to, was the is sex that... with underage women thing, too, which, you know, yeah. I did try to look for that in this one. I just think they didn't have time. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like if they had, if they had, had been just around for a little bit longer, a little more water. <laughs> well, they only were around right. for four years. Like, that's, that's only just, barely. It's really not There's, enough time. But, but it's sort of interesting that you went to both of these sites and there was that connection between, you know, one, just like a, one was like, oh, if only we could have been Oneida. Things yeah. kinda, if only we had better I just, management. At this essay, I tried to find it again. Um, I found it in a book at the Central Library and read it you know, some years ago after I visited the site. And it was such a stitch because, you know, Huxley only had X amount of information, I think, about the Oneida community. So he was not fully informed, I think. And so he admired some stuff about it, but it was like he read the the intro brochure to the United Community. <laughs> he had the advertisement, and he had a set of dishes, the penny savers. <laughs> he had set silverware. I think he had gone to, you know, mutual criticism. <laughs> I think he hadn't done that portion of it. This is what know? we're gonna do for you. Okay, you're gonna buy our silverware, right? Okay. Now we're gonna waive the application fee right there. Gone. Okay. Now you're gonna come in. We're gonna give you a family membership. <laughs> your family. You don't have a family your kids anymore. Can come in. That's right. We're your family now. So we're your membership. Now here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna give you a personal trainer. <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You have to sleep with them. But they will also feed you. Glue. Okay, this joke is just going. <laughs> I'm gonna end it before we begin. Yeah. All right. Unlimited access to classes. <laughs> And going clear. And we've talked about many things over the course of this session. And we're going to talk about some more.
It's very profound. It's not like I'm just saying words. Ladies and gentlemen, just like he's a dog with a computer on his head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I pooped in the plant. <laughs> you can't do callbacks to jokes that we did off air. Wait, that wasn't on air. No, I don't, we did that on air. Did there we do dogs, it? A dog with a computer. Oh. I didn't think we were no, we had a whole conversation so. <laughs> right. about that. That's right. So, ladies and gentlemen, well, so if you know what I'm talking about, I win we, the argument. And if you do not, we were. We have to do. You know what are my favorite commercials right now? Mm. You know the one where the they, they throw the red flag. Have you seen those? And it's like yeah. in life, and they're like, <laughs> like, a, like a they do an instant replay. <laughs> We should be, and then they'll be like, you know, arguing yeah. about like whatever you said. Let's this. go to the video. Use it, yeah, Wait. exactly. In real life, there's no video. And they go and they go and they look go at the, the they look at the little screen, and then somebody gets a look of shame on their face. I love those commercials, and I really wish that was a real life thing. I think we need to. Well, make so that. I just I feel like that just should be the tagline for the show. If you don't know what we're talking about, you're in the right place. <laughs> we don't either. But we make it up because. It's very funny, and I want to leave it in. <laughs> we were talking about how human beings are essentially animals with these complex computers on our heads, and how sometimes our behavior can be so quizzical. It's like the classic sci-fi trope where you know you give a dog the ability to speak, and like it just what's talks it about do? what's it going to do. It well, talked talked about how it's just pooped in the plant. <laughs> it was what was that? Um... The Hitchhiker's, still, you know, still, Hitchhiker's still Guide a dog. to the Galaxy, one of the books where, you know, Arthur was stuck on a planet that only had birds. And so he learned to speak the language of the birds. Mm. But all they talked about was like wind speed, right. velocity. <laughs> right. and, and once he knew it, he couldn't get them to stop talking about. Well, yeah, like you know, talk to the animals crazy. and just like, oh, my gosh, they're so annoying. All they talk about is food and yeah. predators and. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, I think it, in the context of this conversation about cults and cult leaders, we have these delusions of grandeur. I think we forget that we are we are animals, that we're a part of the same system, that everything else on this planet is a part of, that we are, you know, a, a whisper of a speck on a planet that's a whisper of a speck in a galaxy that's a whisper of a speck in, in a universe that's 15 billion light years wide. And, and ladies and gentlemen, before you all go commit mass suicide by drinking Kool-Aid, let me remind you, you are watching and listening to Wildwood and Whiskey, and we're drinking some Hudson Whiskey, New York. But even if that's true... And we're a tiny speck in the universe. Sometimes UFOs pass by overhead that have really great gyms inside. That's right. <laughs> and you <laughs> could join them, as long as you don't mind... All you have to do is... Drink, drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> All right. Okay. It's my turn, guys. So I got I got the great. Adrian's just shaking her head over here. I, I got, You're I got... so much better than us, aren't you? You're so much better doodling your fancy words and letters. <laughs> I am. Merry Christmas. It's not even Christmas. All she's writing in her book is middle management rules. <laughs> middle management rules. I, you know, I think a lot of things could benefit from better management. <laughs> well, yeah. That's Adrian's committed to make a more efficient productive call. All right, okay guys, I've got I've got the I've got the cart that sort of sums up our modern society because it breaks a lot of the rules of what it is to be a cart. You know, a cart will normally have like I said a 
organization mm-hmm. that is stunning. It will have an ounce of truth that you could kind of buy into, at least initially. It will have a very charismatic leader that knows what's going on and is usually manipulating the situation. And it will usually be a defined area, you know, with a with a central leadership. This one has none of them. But still, it is probably one of the biggest non-cult cults that there is. But what I love about this one is it's like every conspiracy theory we've ever had. Na- name a conspiracy theory. Let's just go through all the ones we could think of. Uh, they didn't, the moon landing was faked. Moon landing, okay, okay. And th- that could tie flat. into flat Earth, right? Okay. Earth is the center what, of the universe. What do you got? Cent- okay, right. We are, with the sun. No, no, no. The conspiracy theory was the Earth revolves around the sun. <laughs> but that one was right. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, the flat Earth will also say the sun is within all. Reptilian overlords. Reptilians, the uh, draconians. Yeah, what else you got? What do you got, Adrian? It was like so many people killed JFK. Yeah, JFK was a planned government. <laughs> so they all did. Same with know. Martin Luther King. There was a guy on every knoll shooting that. Shooting um, that 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 research place in, in Alaska causes carefully planned earthquakes. Oh, around the world. For that. I have oh, one. Area Fifty One. Fifty One. That's right. UFO. The whole UFO thing. You know. I mean. Uh, Roswell, that's fifty one. Conspiracy. The whole thing. Well, okay, going into um, chem chem trails. What else you got? Keep going. The Masons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! That the you can actually. <laughs> <laughs> what? The pentavenet. The pentavenet. The colonel with his queen. It's the Vatican. You're gonna buy me chicken. <laughs> oh, you make you craving for it nightly. <laughs> Which, did you ever see? They made a whole show about that. Yeah, I, I showed you the. Oh, did the, you? The, 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 the I only watched. We watched it one wasn't episode. Good. It wasn't good. No. <laughs> I just don't remember. I, I, it's a better idea, I, I would think, than and than an execution. Okay, so look, I have all these. I have all these. You know, Antarctica being connected with the flat off. The Antarctica is off limits because it's. Well, I got. I got. I got one. On, it's actually, I got the, one. the gateway to another. That if you squeeze hard enough. World. If you squeeze hard enough, you can actually get all the toothpaste out of the tube. No, that's ridiculous. Nobody <laughs> believes that. Nobody believes that. Okay, other big ones, 9-11. Oh, Pizzagate. 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 You know, we've got New World Order, the Illuminati, the Grove, clones, adrenochrome. Elvis is alive. Georgia Guidestones. What? You know, you don't know about the Georgia Guidestones? We're oh, they to- broke down, though, right? They got broken down. They got bombed. Oh, the silver thing that was in the desert. What silver thing? The silver thing that somebody put in the desert. The silver the, thing. The monolith? The, 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 yeah, it was this like is a... something Jason's Yeah, no, no, that's something that happened. You never heard of this? Yeah, no, just during COVID, right? You know how yeah. he watches... I came across a, like a 2001 Space Odyssey monolith. He watches a lot like that, of yeah. YouTube. I do. I do. And sometimes I've... he gets confused about reality. Oh, oh um, okay. well, we got... Well, the back rooms. What back rooms? The back rooms, that's conspiracy. The oh, back well, that's rooms. That's more like a, a I don't crazy understand. pasta. What do you call those things? A, um, creepy pasta. Creepy pasta. Well, well, let's, let's talk about that because the topic I have chosen is QAnon. Dun, dun, dun. Big QAnon. And you know what? I A lot of people say, well, what is QAnon? You know, I believe in aspects of it or see aspects of it. And why are we talking about it in cults? Because I believe, you know, QAnon has passed through the barrier of being just a wacky conspiracy theory to becoming very cultish, especially in some communities. 
Um, in fact, I don't even like calling it QAnon cult because Q, as we'll go into it, really doesn't have much to do with it anymore. I kind Is of that like, a real person? Yeah, and we'll talk about, well, yeah, it's a conspiracy person, definitely a real person of some quality. No, but does somebody know who Q is? There's whole documentaries about it. In fact, HBO has has Into the Storm, which kind of is all about digging into who Q actually but, is, according to but them. do they know? No, they're not, not defined. They have their theories. But I even call it the white hat cult, because it's taken this idea of QAnon and taken it to obscure levels. So it's, it's really, you know, when you... It, 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 it starts with The Matrix. You remember that scene in The Matrix? Well... Morpheus gives him a choice. You know, you could take the blue pill, go back to life as you know it. Gosh. You could take the red pill, you could go down the rabbit hole and the see irony, how deep it goes. The irony of the political right appropriating that for themselves, given like who wrote the Matrix and you know all that. <laughs> right, right, right. But so so that that's what the white hat cult, you know, I'm not even gonna call it the QAnon cult because it goes beyond that. That is really what it's all about. It, it, it's it it's taking all of these, so every one of these conspiracy theories that we've had for many years, going back to the UFO cults of the, of the you know, of the, the mid-centuries and moving forward, and, you know, things like MK Ultra and Project Blue Beam and the Plandemic, the Illuminati, Adrenochrome, New World Order, you know, even the, the 80s satanic scale of the 80s, you know, and it's put that together That's into in the, one... In the comic series, too. Yeah, into one big ball of wax... And the problem is, is that people are believing it on, on a scale that, you know, we almost don't want to admit. Because, you know, they, they just like any cults, you know, you might not have everybody going way down the rabbit hole, but a lot of people believe it on a sliding scale. So let's, let's talk about it from the beginning, you know, when it began, you know, even though it had all these roots in it, you know, the real beginning of what we know as QAnon or, or the white hat cult began with Pizzagate. Mm -hmm. You guys remember that? What do you guys remember about Pizzagate? Like, isn't Hillary Clinton eating babies? Yeah, well, and, and that, a, that's sort of child, the... child sex trafficking. Right. But wasn't she eating them also? Well, it grows from one to the... So Pizzagate oh, began with... I like um, how seriously I said it. Yeah. I was really like... But but you say that well the, no because it, because a the, guy the a guy actually is is guy, just that a guy came yeah came into a pizza place with a gun right because he was going to save the children so so there's this pizza pizza place in Washington it was back in 2016 you know president elect the elections are, are heating up you have Hillary Clinton you know John um, how do you say his last name put did I stuff never say stuff Oh, campaign manager, you know, he gets his emails hacked into and they put him out on Wikilink. And he has all these weird emails talking about this, this pizza place called Cosmic Ping Pong Pizza, which is downtown Washington, D.C. And it is sort of a weird place. It has these weird mules on it. It has this logo. And, and people kept saying, you know, these, these, lo these, these mules, this logo, the, the symbols for, you know, Child sex slavery. So anyways, you know, it became this whole thing that weird things were going on into the basement of this comet ping pong pizzeria. And there was a whole... Um, I didn't know about symbols and stuff. I never really looked yeah, into Yeah, so it's why. like... And it wasn't just Comet Pizza. There was a few other pizza places in town, and they were supposed to be all connected, and they're supposed to be, you know, the symbol. So there's whole... You know, and of course, you know, it went on InfoWars, 
you know, the, the InfoWars started to really promote it. And, and so, you know, people started to believe what's going on in the basement of, of comic, cosmic, comic ping pong pizza. And so people would protest and they would come out and, of course, 4chan and all the, all the um, places would, you know, one conspiracy would connect to the other. And there's all these code words in the emails. And so it started connecting the Clintons and the Obamas. And it began this belief that they were, you know, that they were all um, pedophiles. Um, but even worse, that maybe they weren't just abusing kids. Maybe they were actually sacrificing kids and Luciferian type collections. And maybe they're even connected to something bigger like the Illuminati or the deep state. Or they began the term the cabal. That came in the big ones. So sure enough, where well, we had Edgar uh, Madison Welch from North Carolina took an AR-15 to go inside. You know, so the people started harassing the the staff there and say, "What's going on in the basement? What's going on in the basement?" And then you know, Edgar came in with an AR-15, started shooting up the place. Thank God nobody got hurt on that one. But he demanded to be shown the basement to see what's going on with this big sex ring in the basement. Did he ever get to see the basement? It was the gym. (laughs) (laughs) No. He's like, what's all this exercise equipment doing down here? He came, he goes, just tell you what, guys, show me the basement, and I'll be on my way. And they said, there's only one problem with this theory. The Comet Ping Pong Pizzeria didn't didn't have have a basement. So, at least that's what they told them. They told them. (laughs) So, yeah. It started this whole culture. Um, and of course, we know what happened with that election. You know, Because I talked Trump. to the dog with the funny-looking helmet next to the pizza shop, and he told me... There's no basement. He told me that they got shifted into the back rooms right, right, right. while they were investigating. So, so you had this whole culture that was sort of up in arms, that there's some conspiracy going on. There's the deep state. Trump is coming in to clean the swamp, and he gets in there. And then suddenly, what was it? Back in, um, he gets in there. He gets into the to the he's White House. Get in there and clean up that swamp. Swamp. Donald Trump loves getting in there and cleaning the swamp. <laughs> but then, like, what 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 happens? You know, uh, none of this happens. So the, all these people are kind of looking for, you know, this can't be the end of it. You know, and then suddenly, 2017, starting on 4chan. They start getting these Q drops. Now, Q, Q stands for like the level of security. Apparently, Q is supposed to be the highest level of security. So this person was coming on in in the government. So the highest clearance you could get, top secret clearance. And this mystery guy comes on 4chan. He basically says he does these things called Q drops. These these mystery, weirded, worded... Hints, it's like a, a clue, and he, he sends these Q drops, but basically he's saying that he, claiming that he is somebody high up, works with Donald Trump. Donald Trump can't give you the truth, but the truth is this. There is a deep state cabal made up of the Queen, <laughs> the Vatican, <laughs> maybe Colonel Sanders, we don't know. Talk. We're gonna buy my chicken. Who's, who's in this? Okay, like name anybody who would who would be in this. The Rockefellers. The Rockefellers definitely are in it. We have, you know, the Pope, of course, is in it. 
Rosie O'Donnell, the Bidens, Obama's Bushes, George Soros, Obama's Bushes, Oprah, Tom Hanks. Of all the people, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the leader. David Pumpkins. Of, the, of this. <laughs> you know, you have all of these Hollywood it's in the people, cabal. and these are in cabal. Now, the, this cabal has been ruling the world. You know, it's the Illuminati, but the Illuminati on 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 steroids. Right, these have been ruling the world, and they have one purpose, and that is the Great Reset, where they'll take everything. But now they work for overlords; they don't work for themselves. They work for the Draconians, the reptilian overlords. The reptilian overlords, that's, but the Draconians—that's that that, that's a part of Q conspiracy. Oh, it gets deeper. I'm telling you, this rabbit hole goes deep. So, so, and it goes deeper than Q. So, Q wouldn't necessarily. Go on this, but people so Q is just these drops. Q is just the great connector of all the conspiracy theories. Yes, that's exactly what it is, and it's beyond who Q did drops. You know that started it, but then people took it, just like they did with the back rooms. They took it and they added to it, and then they, <laughs> I just they was imagine like an ad campaign, like Q drops. Use twice a day, and you won't be able to see anything clearly <laughs> ever again. <laughs> so, but Q started to say, "But don't worry, because even though okay, let me tell you about this cabal, what they're doing is even even the Draconians they work for a higher power because they are Luciferians. This is what they are. They all really work for the great power of Lucifer, and so they want to take these these babies. They're not just having pedophile sex rings. They're actually taking these babies." doing all these nasty things to them, breeding them, and then they are killing them in sac child sacrifices. And the reason they're doing that is because they need their adrenaline to make adrenochrome. Do you guys know adrenochrome? No. It's based off, there was the movie Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, what is it? And they were saying that this adrenochrome is, you know, Taking the adrenal glands of a child that is murdered in a fearful situation and they're distilling it to a most potent drug, which oh. Hollywood uses to make them young and beautiful. And, and Not that, but I feel like there was a movie I saw that was something about, oh, well, wait, no. I don't know. Anyway. So they have this adrenochrome that the Luciferians and, and all this is happening in deep underground military bases. My, my point going on about that is that basically like the, the key to this conspiracy stuff being successful is that there's always a nugget of truth right. somewhere in there. So they're, they're, they're taking, like I said, they're taking all these ideas. And remember, I think years ago, I talked to you about the Walmart tunnels, you know, and the, these, these ideas of underground tunnels across America have been around for, uh, you know, t I, I studied them 20 years ago. They were different things, but now they're saying these are military places where the Dacronians live. And this is where they're breeding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of children. In these underground bases. And the cabal is... Hey, like the movie Us. Us. I didn't uh, see there's that. alternate people who live on, under the ground. Did yeah. you see Us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that, that kind of goes back to the um, flat earth, you know, with the Antarctic being the gateway to a different world. But this, this is something... I haven't different. heard about that part of the flat earth. Oh, yeah. There's a, there's a whole thing. And so flat earth ties into this because um, it's all one big conspiracy. As as basically what Lucifer is trying to do is start, you know, have the cabal take over the world. It's the Great Reset, where, you know, George Soros and the Rothschilds, you know, basically the Illuminati of this age is going to take over everything. But don't worry, Hugh says, because the white hats are firmly in control. So what happened is a number of years ago, the generals, the good generals, because, you know, the real military is the real hero in this. 
they got together and they said, we want to stop the cabal, so we need a hero that can take us to the place we need to go. And so they approached a certain Donald J. Trump. And they said, Donald, will you step up? It's gotta be strong. It's gotta be. <laughs> and will you save America? Fresh from the fight. And Donald said, yeah, surely I will. And so he began his mythic quest to lead the white hats to victory. And so now what, everything. What are the white hats? So the white hats are the good guys. These are these, these generals that are standing up to the cabal under the authority of John Donald J. Trump. And so Hugh started saying, don't worry, don't who? worry. Who are they? We don't this know who is... they are. We don't know who the general is. These are just the mystery good guys. This is like calculus. Like I know <clears throat> I know calculus exists, but nobody's right. ever explained it to me. And I feel like that's what this is well, like. And, and the, you, the interesting thing. I know the part that I've... exists, but nobody's ever like parsed it out for me. No, and I like this is I have Tell me more, Kevin. <laughs> this is not even deep into the rabbit hole. This is the common you know how you like when you get into Mormonism or some of the, you know, or Scientology, you go deeper, 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 and it gets weirder and weirder as you go. This is almost the common part of it that they won't tell you. But it was like, it goes, this is the not weird part. It goes All so that much stuff deeper. I just told you is the not weird okay. part. For so example. Here, before you go, though, I just, I'm yeah. just because I had this, this thought, it just sort of struck me. And, and I mean, I hate just from a purely objective philosophical standpoint, right. like I've always thought, well, and it's a common, you know, teleological argument, but just that, no, I think I'm, I think I misused that word. But anyway, this idea that, that if we can, uh, that because we can imagine a being greater than ourselves, like God, then that God must exist because how could we imagine something if it wasn't real right. kind of a thing, you know, and I'm hearing you say all this stuff and I'm just like, for these people, mm-hmm. that is better than regular ordinary life. Like, can you imagine how bad well, your reality would have to be? Think, think about it. You have you a movie to, like to, to disappear into a, a hellscape like that, right? But think, because think why would about... you believe that unless the alternative, this, was so much more terrifying, right? And I think about with religion and all that stuff. Like, it's just like. But think about what it offers to the people. You and know, then, this, and then, this Donald Trump guy who who says weird things like confifi and confefe, and but suddenly you say he's not really an idiot that says weird things. This is all secret codes he is sharing. Oh no! When he drinks water, that's symbolism. Really? So, like the other day when he announced his candidacy, he had a bottle of water, and and people were like, "Oh, he's drinking water." You see what he's doing there, guys? He's saying to us what? that the white hats are firmly in control. Watch the water for real. And so, are they every... serious? People oh yeah, they're saying this seriously. So, so, and what what happens? What? Well, wait, wait, get this. Wait till you know who his secret running mate is. Oh, no. You see, the QAnon, you know, QAnon message they'll give each other is WWG one, WGA. Where we go one, we go all. You've heard of that? You know where it comes from? No. Is it like white, a white supremacist thing? No. It has pretty good background. WWG1WGA. It was on John F. Kennedy's boat. <laughs> it was John F. Kennedy's one of his slogans. Because Donald Trump's true secret general is none other than JFK Jr., the guy who died in Martha's Vineyard. Oh, see, but that's another conspiracy that he didn't die. 
And that is another tie-in. No, he didn't die. He made the no John F. Kennedy Jr. I think he died. Not are you talking about JF Jr. The, the the son. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Not but the he, president. He died in a plane right. crash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he yeah. didn't. But I just want to make sure he faked his death because he needed to go underground so he could set things up for in this comic book series Trump. that I'm writing. Yeah, Lee Harvey Oswald is the guy who's in charge of this organization. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Department of Truth is called. Image puts it out. It's amazing. An amazing. But the fun thing is, it sounds like this. Big but, you know, in it but too. this is really, you know, tied into everything. And, and so this is, you know, this is, this is no longer just a small conspiracy. You know, when we look at, well, we look at January six. You know, and what happened there on the insurrection. You know, uh, he loses the election. So he, what does he do instead of losing? Because losing the election isn't possible. So it had to be cheating, right? So it had to be a stolen election. So the call went out to, you know, to not just QAnon, but, you know, because QAnon doesn't take everything. So here, here's, it's interesting. So here's this, this, this belief that is growing into this cult, but the leader himself isn't the leader or the one that really started it. But what does he do for this? You know, does he, does he stand up and say, you know, QAnon, you guys are crazy. This is not going on. This is, you know, um, Hillary Clinton's not really sacrificing babies and eating them. Oh, so this whole thing was going that they were saying, well, well, they're taking these people like Tom Hanks, you know, and during, during COVID, you know, when he, he got COVID, you know, what, what really happened there is they faked COVID because COVID was the pandemic, right? It was the planned thing to, to you know, to get Donald Trump out of the, the White House and, and, you know, get the people back in. So Tom Hanks was one of the, the head people, and, and he was actually taken to Guantanamo Bay, Gitmo. He was put through the tribunals, the secret military tribunals, and he was executed. Who again? Who? Tom Hanks. Tom um, Hanks was executed? Yeah, among many other celebrities, Lady Gaga. <laughs> you know. Um, Why? You have. Oh, Why? Why? Because he was a secret cabal. You know, he's eating he's, crimes against humanity. He's killing and eating. Oh, so he was punished? Adrenochrome. Yeah, cause, cause, okay. because Donald Trump is really in you control. You just can't let him keep eating babies. <laughs> so the question well, I mean, I, is. That's understandable. But then why would you like create a clone or whatever? And and that that's part of it. They say, well, to, to so what are you seeing now is that, whatever. well. You're fighting this battle. So what they're doing is, since Tom Hanks is dead, you're going to make the Tom Hanks clone. And you're going to send the Tom Hanks clone it's out. Like, it's like Paul McCartney, that same thing. Yeah, it's pulling in that same thing where you just found, well. They Paul found, McCartney they ate found, babies. They found. So they, they found killed him. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I so, learned yeah. a lot today, Kevin. Thank so, you. Uh, so this is, you know, and it, it goes even deeper. So, so you know, what happened after the election? Well, you have, you have like Pence. You know, what, it, what was Pence's great? So Pence was a good guy until he refused to certify, break, break the Constitution, you know, uh, do something illegal just to put Donald Trump in. So then he became, so when they stormed, you know, they stormed Congress that day, they even built a gallows for Mike Pence, you know. So I just I just have to I, I can't I can't get away from this. All right. But imagine. OK. Imagine if. You gave. Meche and Manny. This is Kevin's dog. Those are my dogs, by the way. Um, computer brains. Right. And they could talk, but they still were not allowed to leave the yard or the house. Yeah. OK. Like. Tell me what kinds of things they would come up with to explain reality. 
And then I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and see, We have no idea what's going on. We're watching that. squirrels run around out there, and we're just like, oh, my gosh. Humanity might the be The squirrels better. are trying to take over the yard. <laughs> they want to steal our bones. They're going to get in the house, and they're going to take over the house. It's, it's basically animal farm, but. And the rabbits well, are working with them, you know. <laughs> yeah. And 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 oh, and that's why they kept digging up your 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 Game internet because they wanted to cut off communication. Because they were like they were they were like you know the 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 insect overlords are trying to are going to take over the house, right. so we have to destroy the cable, the internet cable. I mean, you, some of the stuff you can't make up, uh, but the problem with this well, you this can white because, hat, well, because you people can, and you did. a bunch of people did. Yeah, they for but sure they did. made up. The reason a lot why of stuff. I think this is one of the scariest cults is because, like I said, there's no centralized leader. The leader itself didn't make it up, but he's also not stopping it. Why? Because this is his base. These are the people that will. He, like I said, these are the people that when he goes on Fifth Avenue and shoots somebody, they he won't lose a vote. Well, you were, you these were saying all your diehard. So if you piss them off. Who do you have? Because you, know, you were are saying the people earlier. that literally say you're the superhero. And, and so now they're saying, like I follow a lot of them, now they're saying, oh, this is but the, the tie into the evangelical community. It's always been weird with Trump. But now it's just, now it's gone sort of off, off the edge where they're saying, you know, Trump is God's new David. He's not just going to be the president. He's now the king of this new this new regime. I don't know how facing the cabal. you stay sane, immersing yourself in this stuff, honestly. Like just in this few minutes, I'm just like, well, I, know. I feel like it's I want to pull fasc- my hair out. Fascination is that it is the combination of really every conspiracy theory out there. But you had said earlier that there's no leader, and I would argue that that the former president is serving as a de facto well, he's leader of this movement. He's definitely well, even now, like a truth social. I mean, he's who he they're will, looking he will, to, he will, to rally behind. He will read truth what they call in truth social. They, he'll read truth all the things about him. He won't say, I, I'm QAnon, I'm your leader, but he will, he will say the exact things that they need to do. So he'll play like the song, Where We Go One, Where We Go All. He'll, ha- he'll, he'll repost somebody that somebody does it with a Q symbol on him. You know, so he's basically saying, you know, nobody could pin him down and say, you're Q, you're making well, this go on. He's stringing them he's along. He's stringing them along. Right. He's giving them what they need to say, see, this is this is really what's going on, and and you know, so we start well, seeing. Don't, don't confirm, don't deny. Right. So so where is it? You know, you think after the last election it would die out, and it did die out for a while, but then it just started building up with more of a of a fervency, and and really tied it into kind of the the aspects of the of the evangelical community, not just there, but like I said, it's it's past Q. Q's still around. He still does. He he, he was off, disappeared for a while. Now he's back. But he's really not the focus anymore. You know, we have all these well we have it's a tied into a lot of these prophets, you know, like people like Julie Green and and um um you know pastors like Greg Locke and and Elijah Stream that, you know, could have some air of some careful this gets out there and but you know there will be a lot of this you'll whole, be the next tom hanks well there's a lot of this whole you know and, and that's why i say you know if you you know if you have the place where you're saying you know who was donald trump oh he's the former <laughs> president of the united states no according to these people he is the present president of the united states some will say oh he's not the president anymore but he's still commander-in-chief and, and so they'll go because well, i've heard people think he's actually still running the country not 
some QAnon. They well, all do. No. It's it's oh it's oh the belief so that, so that, that he, he is the he he's always been in control, you know. But he's fighting this epic battle. He's still president, but he's writing a shadow government now, and he's telling the generals. Did any of them do. like watch The Apprentice? Like any of them? Like <laughs> back when it aired? Like, like I mean, <laughs> but you have people like this you know is that guy. They but, know that this is that guy, the right? The problem is you have people. Home Alone too. It's that guy, right? Why? It's the guy who brought the pizza into the limousine, and he was great. Do you have any idea why evangelicals have like rallied behind this godless man? I think it it, it goes back to you know I know Jason and I talk about you know even going back to talking about Constantine you know this idea that back in the Constantine shift which was three hundred basically Christians went from you know the church went from being this this these people seeking after the way of Jesus to getting a taste of power. And we look at America, and it's sort of a reflection of that Christian, you know, we talk about making America great again. We're talking about giving to a place where Christians had power. And Christians don't do well with power. Well, I, I mean, church, I have The I church have more... doesn't do well with political power. And losing it is a scary thing because you're losing it to who you think is this outside force of evil. And so the only way we could take our country back is to get the power back. I mean, I, I yeah, I have a more, like, recent than than Constantine, like the evangelical movement was basically a response to the fundamentalist movement, which was a response to um, modernism in like early mid, the early mid 20th century. Um, you know, the, the modernist movements, you know, in art, surrealism and, and, you know, cubism and, and, um, <clears throat> you know, humanism and the, the, the main the church sort of shrunk back and they were like all right we have to you know we have to isolate ourselves we have to you know remain pure and and all this kind of stuff and then the evangelical movement essentially was like no like we have to be if we're going to be a true witness for this gospel that we believe in we have to be out there in the world and a part of the world and oh we've got this great idea like we're going to get ourselves into positions of power so then we can influence <laughs> things for good and 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 some people would say, and some people would say that actually there there is an underlying belief that evangelicals have that that in doing that is gonna is gonna usher in the millennium, right? And so and, and, and so and, and to be fair, but, well, here, hang on, but just yeah. but then the issue with that is that you can't because of the the innately the innate necessity of compromise in politics. Like you can't be a person of faith with those kinds of principles and be successful in politics without trying to force your hand, which is what's happening. And and, and as they continue to be unsuccessful, they're continuing to grasp and grasp and grasp. It wasn't. It was not. The evangelical church was not like this when we were in high school. And like I, it was, I think it, you know, there's a lot of Americana in it. There's a lot of there were um, issues, but nationalism. Nothing like this. It. So all that to say, you know, not not saying that the whole evangelical community is doing that. It's still a small percentage, but it is a slippery slope. No, know? but it's, it's, it's it, more has, it has tainted more. the movement in a major way, yeah. I believe. But even politics, you know, not, you're, and you're I'm starting not, to get, you're and, starting and to get politicians. To be clear, I'm not talking about individual people. I'm talking about ideas that are being disseminated. I still have lots and lots of friends, and, like, there are people who would give you the shirt off their back. You know, this is this is about... Toxic ideas affecting people, good people, you know? Yeah. 
And so, you know, like I know, I know, and the reason I kind of got into it, not only because it's fascinating with all these conspiracy theories connected, but people I know, you know, good people that are just, it's, that's why they call it the rabbit hole. It's a slippery slope. You start believing one thing, and now you look, and we have politicians that are QAnon, you know, ma- what is it, ma- uh, oh my gosh. Major, what is it? Marjorie, Marjorie Taylor. Taylor. But, you know, these are these are people that wouldn't be saying, hey, you know, the draconian lizard people are really running a government, but they also don't say, no, they're not. You know what I'm saying? It's the same sort of tie-in to saying that they're giving, giving this community a chance to grow. And so, you know, with everything going on, I think we've only scratched the surface of where this is going to evolve into at the next phases. And it's just a society that is going beyond the old cult rules to, you know, well, that's what a, a new society is going to be. Well, guys, I think that's a, uh, it's a pretty much a wrap for Wild Wood and Whiskey on uh topic today about rancid re- religious rights. Or it was another thoughts. very focused episode. Yeah. Full we, of... We know facts and... Incisive commentary. <laughs> if we post this on Facebook, we'll probably get that little warning sign. <laughs> oh, oh, I got to tell you, speaking of which, yeah. I wrote a comment. Did I tell you, like, I said something silly... Like you wrote something about Canadians, and I was like, "Well, all Canadians are." I think I might even said like nuts or dumb or like some like mild like that. Right. And like Facebook flagged the post uh, because you know those <laughs> flag like, books. They're run by the Luciferian cabal, and you know they cannot. And they were like, they were like, it sounds like you've made a general statement about a large group of people. <laughs> I was like, I did. Canadians. Now I said they're nuts, and I'd say it again. <laughs> So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Remember, get to the gym, have a good time, and we will see you. I am Throckmorton Scribblemonger. I am Adrian. And I am Jason. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for checking out this episode. And and I would tell you the, the website to find the other episodes of Wild World of Whiskey if I knew what it was. So yeah, we're coming with it. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be going <laughs> live in a few weeks. Eventually, it's all gonna come together. Yeah. So thanks for joining us, guys, for Wild World of Whiskey. We'll see you on another exciting episode.